And hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Two Back Set Show, a college football podcast hosted by yours truly, Thomas, a.k.a. Mr. Warburg. Alongside me, as always, is co-hosting Patrick, a.k.a. Mr. Fusion. Greetings and salutations on this championship week. Indeed, it is the first week of the postseason. The regular season is in the rear view. It's time to figure out conference champions and the pecking order for the college football playoff. Everything is on the line. All the stakes could not be higher this week for a great many teams. In fact, it's the most competitive week for the college football playoffs, specifically going into Champs Week in the entirety of the playoffs history. We got a lot to cover tonight. We're going to be going through the Power Five games of the week, which are are our pick'em games actually this week are all in the champ weeks and almost all of them have implications for the college football playoff we're going to also cover a little bit of a retrospective and go from back to our week zero predictions on where we thought our two teams i'm a fan of the iowa hawkeyes fusion if you couldn't tell by his hat is a texas longhorn fan we'll go through our predictions for for from the preseason to where they ended up now that the regular season is done we'll give our pick'em picks as well as our tiebreaker if we end up doing the same you know, list, which I think we should, because spoiler alert, we're both tied. Yeah, we're, and I think I, I think we're gonna have a tie. I think we're just gonna have the same. I list. think yeah, we should just we yeah. should just make a we have the same picks for the final week, and then the the difference is the tiebreaker. Like I think that'd be pretty cool. So we'll go okay. through that at the end of the show. But first, let's get into it. Um, our our two teams that we follow Iowa wins in their rivalry week game against Nebraska, thirteen ten. Two picks right. in the last fifty seconds. Oh, with man. a backup kicker kicking one yard more than he needed to. It, it was terrible. It was a bad game, but yet it was awesome. <laughs> like, it was so it was so stupid fun at the end. Not quite Iron Bowl level stupid, but it was stupid Iowa fun. That that was that was the way that was a very Iowa way to win the game. Exactly. We came we, came right down to it with a defensive. We were audible. watching it. We were watching this and you know, we were like, oh shit. We were like, oh man. You know, Nebraska's going to win this game. They're going to win this game. They're going to win this game. That first pick, you're like, oh, damn it. They're going to win this game. And then they immediately throw the pick. Nebraska does. And we're like, oh, shit. They're going to do this, man. They're going to. Yeah. And then the backup kicker comes out. And, and, the, and like, the extra 10 seconds from the home clock operator. No. <laughs> like, what? This was such an Iowa win here. It was yeah. so dumb. And then, of course, uh, Texas. I forgot to write down the score, but how much did they win? I think it was it was a fifty point win over Texas Tech. Yeah, it was not a competitive game. No, not that anybody really expected it to be. But that was probably well. That I I'm going to say this: it wasn't fifty seven to seven. They had a fifty point win there. There was uh you know pick six fumbles like I mean there was there was a lot of you know a, there wasn't a kick six there was a kick a block kick that became turned into a touchdown but a lot of turnovers uh, by Texas Tech. But the big thing I take away from this was. Texas needed to roll in this game, and they did. Like, that was the biggest argument against Texas was, yeah, they've run the table, but they've struggled in their victories. This was a, from start to finish, a beatdown. You know, that really that really was it, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that quiet a lot of, that silenced a lot of the critics. That really did. Absolutely agree. Um, unfortunately, not enough to get, you know, jump anybody, you know. It's, they're sitting behind both Oregon and Ohio State, but they have a game to play. Ohio State does not. Should they win, they're definitely above Ohio State. And then we see what else chaos happens during the rest of the week. 
it hasn't been a very chaosy year in terms of actual top 10 upsets that's it's no. the it was i saw a stat i can't remember the year but it definitely you could feel it there's it's been very chalky this year you yeah. know it just for whatever reason those you know lower 25 teams and below they just haven't been able to jump up and get anybody this year i mean the biggest argument that the the greatest win this season was texas beating number 8 alabama in week yeah. 2 and i think that's still the best week of, win of the year i mean it's hard to argue it because they went into Tuscaloosa and won by two scores. I mean, that's really it. Like, yeah, the other I mean, one that's close would be Oregon Washington, but probably. they won at home in a very yep. like they kind of got outplayed in the fourth quarter kind of game. So, you know, it's definitely Texas at Alabama, even though it was early season, which kind of speaks to the weird normality of this year, if right. that makes sense, if that oxymoron works. But it's just been really. You know, the potential for chaos has never really materialized. It's still no, been the there. Ca- the matchups have been great. It's just the higher and favored teams have more often than not won. But I think this championship weekend could lead to whether if the dominoes fall where people are predicting, there's going to be chaos in that there's going to be at least one, possibly two teams deserving of being in are going to be left out. Yeah, right? we're going to get, we're going to reach or, peak bcs like chaos levels of con- controversy or or there could be chaos in that there's some upsets that create even bigger chaos on who should be in and who should be out uh you know we could talk about that here in a bit but like this is probably going to be the most chaotic weekend starting tomorrow mm-hmm. night, starting friday night that 48 with, hour uh, window is going to be nuts right right and then yeah we, we start off friday and then when we hear the, the college football playoff committee committee announce on sunday it people are going to be on pins and needles. And if there are some upsets, which they could potentially be some upsets and you know, uh, it's going to get very, it could be very interesting. Or even if it conservatively lines up the way it is, there are going to be teams left out that are going to be upset. So there's still going to be some chaos there. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be going to be some high drama either way. Yep. So we're, let's start with our champ week rundown before we get into our picks. So it. obviously we alluded to Friday nights, the start of the big one. Though I would don't I don't want to completely miss on uh, Tulane's. Uh, I know it was Liberty that's got a game tomorrow night. Yes. New Mexico yes. State at Liberty, and then yeah, Tulane is also on Saturday. They're the afternoon window. Um, those yes. are the the championship games going on. Um, and the, but the big one, of course, is Oregon. Are they able to avenge that loss against Washington at 7 p.m.? Though 5 p.m. for those teams, because they're West Coast teams, on ABC. We were talking in the pre-show. They're the only of the power conferences to have their own standalone day for championship weekend. Also, a short week for both of the teams, because they both played on Saturday. No, wait, no. Didn't Oregon play Friday? Uh, Let's see here. 11-24... Oregon played on Friday, yeah. Yeah, so. civil con- yeah, yeah, that was on Friday. And then Washington, with Apple Cup was... Saturday. Yeah, so it's a short week for... Wa- shorter week for Washington. Kind of similar to the Iowa-Michigan situation, though obviously that's not exactly really that important. These are college athletes. They're not exactly 40-year-olds who can't recover very well. But let's still... Be, yeah, let's be really... No one went to class this week, okay? Let's yeah. be frank. Yeah. No one went to so class. So they're playing 7 o'clock on ABC, and that's going to set the tone for the weekend. If Washington can actually hold off Oregon, that takes care of one spot. There's one less drama point. Oregon is out of the running. If Oregon can pull that off, avenues open up for a lot of teams, depending on how the rest of the dominoes fall. Because now you have a guaranteed one-loss team in. So then on... Saturday, 
we have four other big college football championships going on that will have playoff implications. Starting off 11 a.m., your Longhorns fusion, number seven, Texas, takes on number 18, Oklahoma State. Coached by Coach of the Year, Mike Gundy. There's mm-hmm. arguments to be made. I actually would have voted Matt Campbell because of the whole gambling situation. The fact that they're even just made a bowl in the midseason turnaround after the Iowa-Ohio thing, that's that's a hell of a coaching this, job. This is just this is a Brett Yormark thing. Just kind of just screwed Texas on the way. I don't out. know if it's that's entirely him. The entire conference hates Texas, and not without yeah. reason. Oh, hold on. It's 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 not. It shouldn't go without saying because you probably saw the videos coming from DK, DKR during the game. Your mark was at the game. Oh yeah, right? don't get me wrong. Like and yeah, there's animosity like there. So long. Yeah, yeah, there's animosity there, and it's justified on both sides. I'm not arguing against it, but I just find it kind of funny that of all the of all the coaches, I mean, it should have been Sarkeesian, but it I yeah, I know. On this point, good. I did want to mention this. I wasn't sure where we'd work this in, but it kind of works because both our fan bases are having some weird shit going on right now, right? It's like Iowa. I don't know why everyone's getting on Lucy Rodine. She's a a contributor for the Dan Lebertard show. And like people, it's been a weird day on social media in Iowa, in Iowa, man. Like it's crazy. Like people going after her dad for like stuff because she's not, because for the Lebertard show, biggest, what's the biggest week of the game? It ain't Iowa, Michigan. It's Georgia, Alabama. It's like, yep. And I, if I was, if, if I had the choice, I'd go to the Georgia, Alabama. Right. Because Michigan's going to kick the shit out of Iowa. Like, it's not even going to be fun. So it's it's been a weird day. My other thing is with, with most Texas fans, and you're not in that category, because you're understanding that, like, yeah, Texas did kind of try to kill the Big 12 a long time ago. Like, oh, yeah, this, that history this has not yeah. died. People forgot that 10 years ago, Texas and OU were on the verge of leaving for the Pac-12. Like, yes. That was like, they were like, there were 11th hour conversations about that. And I think people are forgetting about that. Particularly Longhorn fans are like, oh, how they're being screwed or treated on the way out the door. No, 10 years ago, it was like Texas was being heavily recruited by both the Big Ten and the Pac-12. And the Pac-12 was offering a shit ton of money. But like, hey, if you're getting Texas, you better get Oklahoma, you know? And that's that's what caused A&M to leave. To go to the mm-hmm. SEC, and those other programs would have been in every everybody outside of them would have been in like the shitter. Yeah, had that happened, and like, and OU doesn't get as much shit because, by and large, their fan base, their staff, their administration hasn't been as like arrogant about like, hey, we're better than sure. everybody. Sure, you know, like because they're more. I think they were more of a cultural fit for the Big Ten. Yeah, but and Texas would not be at least right now, and I just feel like man, the fan base is on both sides are just like I'm on Iowa and Texas is for very different reasons are like got blinders on and like, don't realize, man, you all need to just shut the fuck up. This is like, this is pointless. And all you're doing is making yourselves look bad. So it's just something yeah. I wanted to bring up in the conversation. No, it's, it's fair, man. Like this is one of those things where as a longhorn, like, look, they are a legacy program. They make Buku Bucks, like the largest endowment outside of Harvard. There's so many things you want to stack up. There is a level that people can feel entitled, and I don't like that. I don't like that. I think for me, like when it comes to athletics, you shut the hell up and you you do your best to 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 you know to to just be the best, right? Not just assume everybody 
knows you're the best. You need to put it out there that you're the best, right? And I think this was one of those situations, yeah, people were like, they're coming across a little arrogant. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. No arguments on my side at all. Like, hey, they're my school. They're my alma mater. But like, yeah, I mean, just like I'm a, I am support the Rockets. I support the Astros. Yeah, I, I kind of support the Texans. But when shit goes, I'm, I'm a realist. You know, when you work in the media like I did, particularly, particularly in sports for 10 years, you become a little fickled about this whole thing because you see a lot of shit. You see a lot of the inner workings. And when you get to know how the sausage is made in sports, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Like, I'm a little fickled about when things happen like that. So I get it. I get it. I, they, they need to pump the brakes. Stop with the Texas is back. We're not back yet. When yeah. you win the Big 12 on Saturday, Texas is back. Whether they get in the playoff or not, Texas is back. Agreed. All right, so moving on. The other game in the afternoon window uh, beyond the, the Tulane one I mentioned, uh, number eight, Alabama, it takes on number one, Georgia, uh, in a case where if Alabama wins, the SEC might not get a single team in, which is weird to think about the final year of the four-team playoff. That's a very Personally, I don't way. think it's going to happen. No. Either way, an SEC team is in, just in terms of the, the committee's still going to give the SEC more weight than pretty much anybody else. But it's still a possibility, which is very interesting to have in the final week of the season because that's never happened before. If Alabama wins on Saturday, they should get into the playoff. But by proxy, Texas has to loss. Texas has to. But that will not. I'm going to tell you right now that will not happen. If Alabama wins, the college football playoff committee is going to screw Texas, even if they blow out Oklahoma State. If Alabama wins, Florida State wins. They're going to screw Texas. They at this point, it's like, yeah, we. But currently, the, the bigger uh, thing is they are ranked ahead of Alabama right now. I know that's that, that's the big. But if they beat number one Georgia, they should be vaulting. You know. But then you got to go back it, to the, um, who beat them at home by double digits. I know. No, you're not. You're, you're arguing with me that I know the reality. I I know they should be based on if George if Alabama wins on Saturday, they should be in. Well, so should Texas, but then that's two of the four spots. That means t- potentially two undefeated teams could be left out. You know, it could be potentially two undefeated teams because Florida State, more than likely. And here's the thing: I want to put this out there. The committee has stated that when they look at the metrics and to get a team to pick a team to to get into the playoff, a lot of factors, including the rosters of these teams, right? Well, if that were the case, then Florida State should not be in because they don't have a very good starting quarterback. Like, the last two weeks, he's been mediocre. And that's where I'm... When we get to our pick I don't think it's going to happen because they faced a Florida team that was also on a backup QB. And and they they struggled. Really bad. They struggled. They almost lost that game. They almost lost that game. And going up against an off-the-loss Jeff Brom Louisville team... A defense that's legit that has you know the 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 second yeah they weren't playing for anything play against year, Kentucky you know? that their yeah. title game was locked up they didn't have to play against Kentucky right and I think Jeff Brom's going to get him ready to go he he coached in a Big Ten championship game so I think he's going to have that team ready to go but, oh. so we'll see where that goes because that's our yeah, next game you're correct Georgia Georgia Alabama is the premier uh, yeah, game this absolutely weekend. the premier game of the week uh, Louisville FSU and this is the one, the the teams that have a path but don't control their own destiny, this is the one they're, they're circling. Because Louisville is only an underdog by a point and a half, which is essentially flip that yep. coin, right? And again, because, you know, FSU 
you know they've struggled last week. Backup quarterback. You're coming on. You're coming to face Louisville in, the, in their in the ACC title game. I think Louisville's probably going to win that game, but I'm I'm of I'm of two minds on that. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to stamp it on my. I'm not going to you know write my run your pool picks in stone just yet. Sure. Um, so and then that leaves the last game, the one everyone's basically already penciled the winner and loser. Uh, number sixteen Iowa takes on number two Michigan. The Look evening man. slot, both of them are seven p.m. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty. But I'm cheering. I'm cheering. I'm rooting for Iowa to make this a defensive game and for Tory Taylor to just go otherworldly. I really, I would like to see that just because the chaos that would ensue in that Ohio State would immediately because I don't know why, but the committee ranked them sixth above Texas. Ohio State would be demanding to be put back in if 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 Iowa wins to Saturday. Yeah, it'd be it'd be nuts. Like that'd be. Um, I want to say was that 07 where was it Kansas lost the final game? Missouri ended up. Yeah, no Kansas. So yeah, Missouri Kansas play the final week of the regular season. Missouri goes to the Big 12 title game but loses. Kansas then passes them for the BCS Bowl. Yep, that's right. Right? Like, that'd be that kind of like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, that was crazy. But on the flip side, Oregon lost on the road. Like, if they had lost yeah. as a home team, absolutely no shot. They had lost in a close game on the road. That does matter because, yep. ro- you know, a home win, you're going to be, you know, get, you know, three or so points, right, in terms of favors, you know, in terms of the, the line. So... That's certainly an argument, but it's not a very good one. No, that's why it comes down with Texas. Their only loss was a neutral site to seventeenth. Uh, uh, I think they were ranked at the time. Oklahoma. Yeah, they were in top twenty-five. But it was also the final led to the final possession of the game. You know, the final score of the game, and it was a very close game. So it's like there's so many elements that with that Texas loss that you say okay, but then but then you know. A few weeks before that, they went into Tuscaloosa and won by two scores. Like they dominated the game, but they won by two scores. So, so yeah, there's God. There's just there's just so many different layers to this 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 weekend, man. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, uh, there's too many teams this... for the number of spots. It's yep. the archetype archety- archetype argument for why a 12 team playoff is going to happen. I'm sad yep. it's not this year, partly because I always got a chance to play its way in, but. The fact that someone who could ha- who could conceivably win the title is not going to be able to play, and well, this was the problem especially. we always all had with the BCS. Because yep. wasn't it Auburn that got left out one year? As a th- we had three undefeateds one year. Yeah. Like, um, also, wasn't it there was a TCU Baylor where one of yeah them that was another year. Like yeah, the was that um, oh my god, what was that quarterback? Was that Dalton? Was that Dalton's year? Where he uh, played for TCU, Dalton? didn't he? Andy Dalton? No. No, who am I thinking of? It was a red-haired quarterback though for TCU. I remember this year. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna stump me here. Fuck, I remember that. Why do I? Re- it's it's stuck in my brain because they oh, got. It was... Yeah, it was him. Thank you, thank you, past right. me for being smart and paying attention. Yeah, you're you're smart. I'm not. Okay, like yeah, like like there there were years in the BCS that deserving teams were left out, which is why we moved to the four team. And now parody has once again kind of spread itself out. Now you got eight teams with a chance. Yeah. And I think with NIL, you're going to have more. 
maybe not true title contenders, but absolutely teams that could win two or three games in the postseason. Well, also, we need to make sure that there is at least one at large because then Tulane and Liberty, their conference titles, put them into a position to get that at large. Like, Liberty is undefeated at 24, right? Mm -hmm. If they were to win this weekend, Liberty should get that at large bid, that 12 spot, which I know that won't happen because there's too many premier teams in these power conferences, power five conferences. But he, but still, Liberty or Tulane should have a shot at getting one. That I, and I do think when the avenue is there, they'd be and they'd end up being ranked higher. Yeah. Like if if there was an actual avenue for them to go up, they'd because already yeah, be, they'd be in the low teens right now. Yeah. If they if the committee was like, yeah, we're also seeding for a twelve yeah, team right Oregon, now. Oregon 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 State and Tennessee with four losses would be and, and NC State would be much lower. They would be below Tulane and and and. And liberty like there would be no reason there'd be no justification when you're trying to get the better the better team that have had the better seasons up there for a playoff opportunity yeah you're right you're right mm-hmm. i just i think it's weird because you know you have oregon state and tennessee right above them with four losses each it's ridiculous yeah i don't think the committee's gonna have to rethink how they rank teams towards yep. the end of the season and i think it might end up being a more true ranking because you're not gonna like why is utah not in the top 25 if tennessee is stuff like that right that's weird. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, you're not going to, you, those narratives are going to fall away a little bit if they have to get into an actual true ranking system. Um, I think Clemson was given a mercy ranking just so they can pad Florida State stats. Yeah, whatever. That's, um, no, that's certainly something to consider. So when you look at the top, when you look at the top 12, that would be an incredible, if it's, if it was just the top 12 teams in the ranking, mm-hmm. get in. That would still be an incredible playoff. That would be just incredible. Like Missouri, Penn State, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, LSU at the bottom half. That would be just an incredible playoff to watch. That really would. Mm-hmm. That'd be a lot of fun. You have uh, Arizona and Louisville kind of lingering there that could make their way in. Exactly. Like, like you got teams yeah, on yeah. the edge that nobody would want to play. You know, like yeah. just a few years ago, um, like nobody would really, like prior to the Spencer Petras era, Iowa, would you want to face Iowa as a, if they were the 10 seed? Hell no, not not like old school, like that 09 team. Who the yeah. hell would have wanted to play that team in the playoff? Are you kidding me? That team would have smoked somebody, and it would have been awesome. They were a smash-mouth team, and I that's the one thing that first round would be like, hey, those underdogs could come in and just knock you around, right? And yeah, and I think they, that's they going to long-term increase more parity because those programs are going to get another national spotlight to show themselves sure. against a non-traditional opponent and kind of like show where their program is at and why people should come play for them. I think the playoffs been great for that in some capacity, in some ways for some of these programs, but it's not been enough because it's still generally been the power teams. And then of course for, for a 12 team playoff, the biggest high profile school that benefits from it is Notre Dame. Yes. Let's just admit it. Absolutely. Because they, they the independent route. Tough, yeah. They're independent. They have such a tough schedule to where one or two losses kills their top five hopes every year. Right. But this way they could get in. They could still get in because they'll they usually win. I mean, when they're when they're rolling, they'll win nine to ten games every season. Okay, well then they may be at the bottom half of that, but they still can get in and make some noise. Exactly. You know? And they want you know, everybody every every media group wants Notre Dame in the playoffs. It's it's just yeah. it, they print money, you know. Mm-hmm. That fan base is gonna show up and they're a national brand. They will show yeah. up. Um so before we get into our pick'em for the week. We should probably take a stroll down memory lane and go through our regular season picks. So week zero, we did a little preview show of where we thought the wins and losses for our two favorite teams would be. Um, 
well, Fusion gave his uh, Heisman and college football and playoff predictions. I was I was not quite set in stone on my fourth team, but I got pretty close on the other ones. Uh, so I'll start with myself. I had Iowa going 10-2. and two. I missed on one loss, which was Wisconsin. I thought they'd be further along under Luke Fickle because he's a very good coach. I did not see P.J. Fleck getting the win at home, though that's where I'm thinking Kirk's not retiring. Like some other people I follow are like, oh, yeah, Kirk's gone. I'm like, that dude ain't wanting to go out losing to P.J. Fleck. Uh-uh. No, no. He does not like that man. So that's why I'm thinking he's coming back at least one more time. But that, I got did pretty good. I picked, I want to say, let me go back to my week zero page. I got got my notebook here. All right. I did Georgia, Alabama, and the Ohio State-Michigan winner. Fourth team to be decided. Not, not bad. It's a fusion. Not bad. You, of course, are a Longhorn fan. You had Iowa, or not? You had you had Texas. Sorry, at eleven and one. Though you also had the loss wrong. You were thinking lo- losing at Bama, which of yep. course turned out to be Oklahoma. Yep. And then your college football playoff picks were Georgia, Michigan, Clemson, and Texas. Three Man, or four, not bad. That Clemson pick just makes me hurt now because I we were talking about this before. My fifth team, because I picked him to win the Heisman, was going to be Washington. And I was like debating between Dabo rebounding and bringing Clemson back to glory, or hey, Washington's going to be this next level team, and Penix is going to march his way into the Heisman. And he got close. Man, I, I just don't think I should. I should have went with my gut, man. That always go with your your first your your gut reaction. Always go with it. Don't try to think too much into it, because I would have had Washington in there over Clemson had mm-hmm. I not overthunk it. Not bad. So that leads us to into our pick'em where we. Both actually did pretty good at picking our records. Fusion right. and I, we both tied 45 picks. Let me go to the actual Run Your Pool page. How many did we get wrong? It was five per week, 13 weeks. We both got 20 wrong. Yeah, so 45 and 20, which is pretty good. And then, of course, we also had Gamma at 44. There's our friend Chris. He's in the driver's seat for the wood burning, though it's not out of the realm of possibility that Eddie actually takes home the crown. It would just take Gamma having a really bad week. Eddie's at 42, Shadow's at 31, Les is 29, Centroka at 8, basically stopped <laughs> responding to messages <laughs> much earlier in the season. But it was a, it was a fun group. Um, I'm hoping we bring it back for our next season. Might might change sites and stuff, because running your pool has different caps unless you pay for it. So, uh, But yeah, the what, what do you think we should do? Do you think we, should we just make sure we pick the same winners and then we let the tiebreaker decide, or do you want to play it straight? No, I don't, I don't. I think we just go down the list here and see what we took. Let's just play it straight, man. Okay. Let's play it. So we'll start with the first game, Friday night, Oregon, Washington. Okay. Who are you picking? I rode this horse all season, man. Let me pull it up real quick. Uh, they're giving, you know, the odds makers are giving the, the Ducks 10 points in Vegas. Bo Nix is probably, I would say, is he the. Is he the Heisman leader right now? With a great he, game, yes. I mean, but he's the leader. He's the leader as we talk yes. right now. I think he now, secures it with a great game. If he muddles around, yeah. I think Daniels wins. So, and then I think here, if Panics ends up having a great game, he could potentially sneak in and get it. Just because, I mean, I, I, he's had a he's had a stellar season, right? Um, I stacked these two two up. Uh, I forget his name, Johnson, uh, Dylan Johnson, the uh, the junior. He was a thousand, almost a thousand yard rusher for Washington when their top two running backs went down before the season even started. So 
all things considered, I'm going to say, I know everyone's picking the Ducks because they're the 10-point favorite. I'm going to say Washington beats the shit. Not clarify. Doesn't beat the shit out of them. They pull it out here. They win by a score, you know, by seven points. So, yeah. Okay. I'm going with the media pick here. I'm going Oregon. I okay. think on a neutral field, they already played them better than Washington played at Washington. I think sure. neutral field, they're healthy. They're like really coming into the game on a heater. You know, that Oregon State game was not competitive as much as I wanted it to be. Sure. You know, but you wonder now in hindsight, did their coach know he was gone? You know, all that happened. Did DJ know he was gone? It became, you know, it's something definitely a hindsight thing to consider. But I think sure. Oregon is the more complete team right now. I think they've got a quarterback who's playing better. Penix just has not looked like that dude who was going to win the Heisman in a couple of weeks now. Sure. Honestly, maybe even going back a whole month. So I think you got to lean with the hot hander, the more hot handed quarterback when the teams, by and large, aren't that uneven. And I think you go Oregon, especially neutral field. For me, it's that Washington. I mean, I think overall Oregon has the better defense, but with Washington, they have these moments where they just completely just fall out. The defense on the, for the Huskies, and I think this could be a game where they catch them by surprise. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, so second game of our pick'em is going to be your Longhorns versus Oklahoma State. Right. I assume we're both here picking Texas. Obviously, Texas has the better front seven on both sides of the ball. Um, uh, what's his name? Ollie Gordon, the uh, the potential Heisman candidate for uh, the running back for um, Okie State. That's really their only offense. It's give him the ball and hope for the best. Ain't going to happen, man. They stuff the run. Texas is a run-stopping team. And here's the big thing about Texas. If they want to solidify – well, no, not even I can't say even say solidify, but – if they really want to put the odds in their favor, they have to roll Oklahoma State. And what I mean by roll is they need to drop a 50-piece like they did last week against Texas Tech. They have to foot on the throttle and non-stop from start to finish. None of this go conservative in the third quarter when you have a lead. No, you you have to destroy these guys. You have to destroy these guys. That's the only way that the, the committee is going to look at Texas and say, okay, they are a dominating team. Absolutely agree. I think they're perfect. They're they're purpose built to destroy a team like Oklahoma State with right. off OSU's offensive system with that D line. I mean, you need to be an overwhelming at the point of attack offensive line. Yep. Oklahoma State is not. They're very good. They are not overwhelming, like no, I think Michigan's I, offensive line is. And Bowman hasn't been a very good quarterback this season. You know, he's not a runner, he's a pocket guy, and he's not hasn't been great in the pocket. So when you talk about Devon Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, you know, anchoring that defensive line and they have some really good linebackers in Ford and and and, and Hill, I think this team just stuffs the run. And, you know, I think early on it might get interesting where Oklahoma State scores a touchdown at the beginning of the game, but after that I think they really push it to, mm -hmm. to, to, to and it's going to be a, a route but they they've got to they've got to beat them by at least 30 points man to get yeah. the eyes on them they have to yeah like uh for me i go back because i'm a little more familiar with a team that they lost to um uh -huh. iowa state's a better team than oklahoma state especially yeah. right now and they have been for much of the season but like at quarterback i just, I just don't see how they pull what iowa or iowa state did to keep it kind of tight was with that quicker passing game you know changing their offensive scheme kind of mid-game to go to that and it kept it tight 
I don't see Oklahoma State being able to do that. So I think that 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 game is all but a lock. I think it's even more of a lock in terms of style uh, style disparities than sure. Iowa Michigan because like okay. I, I just I don't think it's likely, but I see a pos- like the most minuscule tiny crack that Iowa could at least keep it tight. I don't see that for Oklahoma State. Oh, we and when we get to it, I I I can back. I I got your back on that. I yeah, will. I don't think it likely again, but yeah. there's there's a way. There's a way. I don't see it with Oklahoma State. They're gonna get destroyed. Yeah. Especially now that they got that chip on their shoulder, Texas does with Gundy getting it over Sark and all this media, you know, stuff going on. They're gonna get up and absolutely prove a point. Well, and I think the other big thing is the whole thing with the playoff. All of the all of the the shit that's coming out this week is going to anger the, the mm-hmm. that defense. Like it, it has to fire them up and it has to fire Sark up to know that, you know, like on the it, like on the way out they're being disrespected by Yarmark and they're being disrespected by the teams that are there. I understand it, but you know, what happened uh Yeah, like there's a total like I wanna go back to the circle back to the fan thing. There's a sure. difference between the team feeling it and then like the fans yeah, being yeah. weird about it. Yeah. I completely understand the the players being like, no, this is our team, this is our dude. Because I always got that going on with Kirk Ferentz and Phil Parker and Brian and everyone in the media scrutiny. Yeah, and I think I think they disrespected Sark this week by giving it to Gundy. Understand why? But I think this is going to fire the players up. And you have weapons, absolute speed on the offensive side of the football for Texas. You have speed and size on the defensive side of the ball for Texas. It's it's going to be, I, I have I just I have a gut feeling man it's going to be a route and like I said that's the best way to get the the committee to say oh shit Texas isn't playing around like and and you know if Texas does get in more than likely they're going to face Georgia right that's well, that's the way unless every model, they pull the three yeah unless they pull the three which I highly doubt I think Texas if Texas gets in it's four or not at all. Okay. That's how I feel that the committee's going to put them. And if it's four, it's Georgia. And I'm going to be quite frank with you. That's a damn good matchup for Texas. A damn good matchup for Texas is Georgia. And so, uh, yeah, man, I, this is going to be a, a stomping. It's going to be a stomping, man. Completely agree. That is uh, the opening window, 11 a.m. on ABC national broadcast. Right. So it'll be very fun. Um, yeah. The afternoon window, the only three o'clock game of the power teams uh, is Alabama, Georgia. I don't know. Alabama's playing really, really good, and you kind of got to throw out the Iron Bowl. It's the Iron Bowl. Kick six has happened in the Iron Bowl. Like, what? Just absolute insanity. Rivalry week. Coming into rivalry week. Kind of like Michigan, like, oh, they almost lost to Maryland. Throw it out. The game's coming up next week. They don't give a shit about Maryland right now. Like, you kind of got to get away from narratives about that one week and look at a bigger sample. Alabama's looked pretty damn good of late. Saban has done a really good job in season of coaching because shocker, he's a really good coach. You know, he's the goat. I don't know. Georgia hasn't looked like Georgia of last year or two years ago. They also were missing Brock Bowers for quite a bit of the season. Yep. But they still, and maybe this is just, they haven't all the way gelled yet, at least on paper. They really only beat a couple of very good teams, but not great teams yet. We haven't seen them against a, undisputedly great team but when you look at their ranked wins they rolled kentucky and they beat the brakes off of old miss when old miss was a top 10 team so i also think like, old miss is a paper tiger this year 
I think I just I think that yeah I think that was a team that doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs if we were at twelve like they're just not there they're they're yeah there's names there that people so really how about like this Kiffin versus Ference bowl game that is absolutely on the table oh god god damn you want to talk would, about clash good. of we like just weirdness yeah the egos in those press conferences oh man are just that'd be, be wild look man I'm I picked them at the beginning of the season. I've commented. I've been critical of them because I thought that their schedule was light. Um, I still wasn't sold on them three-peating. I'm still in this situation picking Georgia to win, man. I, I agree. Think Georgia, I think I think Georgia. I think Georgia. It's going to be a tight game, a back and forth game. Here's the things that I think with I think, and I know you have a different perspective on the Iron Bowl than I do. Auburn and Hugh Freeze an ugly team this season. They were a Jacqueline Hyde through most of the season, right? In that game against Alabama last week, their defense showed something to me against Alabama, and that was Alabama still struggles on the offensive line. They have they don't have quality skill position players. They don't. Yeah, not I to their usual all, standard. No, not no no no, not to their usual standard. I'm talking about this season. They don't have the quality there. Saban's done a wonderful job coaching things up, taking a step back with Milrow, bringing him back in to where, you know, he's a, he's a really like he's looked like a good, competent college quarterback, right? They their philosophy changed up a little bit. I know Saban is the mastermind of getting things ready and this, but I, I just I gotta take Kirby Smart, the Georgia Bulldogs defense, to win this game. Yeah. Yeah, I block step with you. I think I think they're gonna get ready. I think they know what it takes to win this game. They've been there. And they're the number one team for a reason. I don't think they're, you know, I'm just watching the team. I don't think it's like they're, oh, they haven't been tested and, you know, like they're going to get exposed. I think they're just going to put the hammer down because they've done that from time to time of like, oh, we're done messing around now. We're done. That's what happened with Ole Miss. They like, we're like, no, we're not, we're not fucking around. We're here to just show you guys. Remember, remember, we're the defending two time, two time defending champs. Yeah. Guys. Um, quick, 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 uh, quick comment on this. Now, if Alabama does pull, I don't, I don't want to call it an upset because they're, they're ranked eighth in the country. But if they beat Georgia this weekend, I want to say this about Georgia because I've been seeing prognosticators and talking heads talk about this that because it's the SEC, because Georgia is the back-to-back defending champions and Georgia's, uh, you know, had, was undefeated and ranked one and two most of the season, that if they lose to Alabama this weekend, they should still deserve to get in. You cannot give them previous season merit, guys. We have to stop this conversation with Georgia. What they did the last two seasons, phenomenal. Okay, great. We, this is a year-to-year thing with college football because of roster changes, graduations, drafting. So many things change. You cannot put Georgia in because they won the last two titles. If they lose this weekend to Alabama, they should not be in the playoff. Simple as that. Again, assuming other favors win, right? Like, no, no, yeah. If if the other if the other dominoes fall in a normal manner, and it's not like all of these upsets, yeah, then Georgia should not be in because you, it, 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 they just shouldn't. They just shouldn't because you know it, it's you have to win. Put the games like because we've been saying this with everyone else. The games in front of you, you win them, you have a shot, right? Mm-hmm. You you can't just say Georgia should be getting in because it's not fair to not put them in and risk losing a three peat. No, I don't give a shit about the three peat, man. They want that three peat. Go out there, beat the shit out of Alabama on Saturday. That's it. That's all I've got to say about that. That's it. Indeed. 
you know, and if they lose, everyone's going to have to get their three-peat with NCAA football coming out next year, which I'm very oh. happy to see is now confirmed. Like, basically, we were waiting on this lawsuit before they could be like, hey, we're getting ready. So, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Um, our first, the next game, I should say, first of the evening windows, even though they're both technically 7 o'clock, uh, Louisville takes on FSU, Florida State, ABC, 7 o'clock. This is, like, I get it, it's a toss-up game. It's one-and-a-half line favoring Florida State. Just based on the feeling, like where I think both teams are and where they're going to be, I think I'm going to roll Louisville here. I think they're the quote-unquote underdog, but also an even match team. They have a starting quarterback that's healthy, unlike Florida. Neutral site. I think they win. Wasn't very happy with the way they, they played that game last week Where's against this Kentucky. Where's like, by the way? It's in North Carolina. Yeah, I couldn't remember where they played. Bank yeah. Bank of America Stadium. Gotcha. Yep. UA Stadium. Um, wasn't very happy the way they looked. They struggled a lot during against that game with Kentucky, but it could be just they were looking ahead. They really they had a lock to be in this title game. So why? Well, you know, my, my my other point on that is Iowa also against Nebraska were, was very vanilla. Like just yeah. they were not. We we ran. They ran like one sweep, jet sweep. You know, they ran. Yeah. Very and and they also lost. Like Iowa lost Caleb Brown, but like. You don't want to lose anybody. You, your championship berth is locked. You cannot fuck that up, no matter what you do. I will. You're you're totally right on that. Jake Plummer did not look like he was out there to slice and dice Kentucky. Like he was, it was more of like let's run the ball, let's do our best to just keep this a conservatively close game. They lose by a touchdown. Okay. Difference here is you have you have Tate Rodemaker last week against an unranked Florida, really bad Florida team. But I told people about this. Florida, as bad as they were, they had speed on the edges, on the defensive side of the football, and that was going to help them. And Rodemaker, 48% passing, sacked three times last week, did not look very good at all. And this is this is this is a prime game for Louisville to upset Florida State. And I mean, the only reason why I'm calling it an upset upset is because Florida State's undefeated. They're ranked number four. They win, they're in, like all these things. Uh, but I think I think Louisville is the better team. They have a much better defense. You know, um, they have the is he the defensive? Uh, I think he's a defensive runner-up. Yeah, Ashton Gillette, Gillette, Gillette. Yeah, eleven sacks in the season. This is the the stat that I really love: twenty nine percent on third down. The defense is twenty nine percent on third down. That's important. They get off the field. They get off the field. That's a really big thing for Louisville. When you're talking about how there are very good skill position players for Florida, the problem is, is the guy can't get them the ball, and that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. Now, Benson uh, is going to—they're going to try to feed the ball to Benson early on, but I think Louisville just has a much better defense, and I think yeah, Louisville's going to win this. I agree with you, man. I agree with you. Louisville takes, this and that's game. where we get into the chaos scenarios. Yep, yep. Because now there goes one more undefeated. <clears throat> right. Assuming Oregon hole if if Oregon keeps to the line and they beat Washington. There's only one potentially undefeated, maybe two. Again, seeing where Georgia and Alabama go and Michigan, yeah. Iowa. Like that that takes one of the undefeateds out of the equation altogether, opens up a path for Texas, you know, for the, those chaos scenarios. So that's definitely why most teams are circling that one as the likely, and because the yeah. line is so tight. This is the game that is going to benefit the most for Texas. Louisville winning knocking Florida deep because they, Florida should end up seven or eight or nine in Texas. If they stomp Okie state, Texas moves up to five or six and, or even four, they get in. And if right? Washington holds serve, they win as the higher seed. Yep. Texas yep. is the four. 
Yep. But if Oregon beats Washington, that that creates a big problem for Texas. That really because does they're ranked ahead. They're ranked ahead, and Washington's going to be standing there with like, hey, we have one loss, even though we do in our conference. Like, so is Ohio State. Ohio State being ranked six right now does anger me because Ryan I still Day don't think to... you could not have Texas leapfrog with a ranked win over Oklahoma State. They're a conference champion. Even with a monster win over Texas Tech, like it was a blowout, a fifty-point win though. Like, it's not that's not the game, dude. Okay. And okay, it was tight. Okay. Like that game was close. Oregon, Ohio State, you could tell me right now is just as good as Michigan. I believe it. They made one or two less plays, and one of them was and a 50-50 was, was ball a in the loss. end zone. You know. Yeah, and it was a road loss. Yeah, you're right. No, it's fair. It's a, it's a and fair. And Michigan just kind of got the ball bouncing the wrong way. Like their fourth and ones, their conversions, they were all on the negative side of the field. Yeah. Michigan's were on the plus side. You know, like those, they just got the balls, the the, the bounces breaking their way, and won the game at home. Those were evenly matched teams. So, like, it's not like it would be the most crazy thing in the world if Ohio State made it. It's just they shouldn't without a championship game. Agreed. And I think Texas, with a win over another ranked win on the resume, they're going to leapfrog. No matter the the point differential, they're going to leapfrog. And it would take some real chaos, like our next game coming up, for Ohio State to get in. So we're moving into our final game of the Pick'em here. It's the one that's nearest and dearest to my heart. Though not to many people because they've already written it off. <laughs> it's uh, number 16, Iowa, 10-2, and two, taking on the undefeated Michigan Wolverines on Fox. Ugh, this is going to be a bloodbath. 2021 was 42-3. to three. I don't know if this one gets as bad because they don't have an Aiden Hutchinson. He okay. absolutely destroyed our tackle. No matter where he was at, he absolutely destroyed any kind of passing lane. In Iowa this year... Is, hasn't been reliant on the deep drop play action on their offense. So that is going to be less of a factor in this game because that absolutely destroyed the game. Like we just, once we got down by two scores, you can't catch up. If you can't deep drop, you can't do it. At least that way that team was constructed. This team's constructed a little differently with Iowa. We can do a little more quick passing game because you got Nico Ragini, Caleb Brown is actually going to play, which thank God he's going to play. You know, and then you also have a quasi-deep threat as a more the number one receivers, Seth Anderson, Devontae Vines. They're the go-deep dudes. You know, with the double move on the outside, the post routes, that's that guy. And then you have your underneath stuff plus your tight ends. It's a little different construction this year to the offense. But I'm not banking on it being tight. There's still a path, though. J.J. McCarthy hasn't been the Heisman guy the last... As much as Michigan's want, they want to claim he's been, you know, that good. No, I don't. They also haven't needed him to be. They haven't needed him to be because you have, you know, Quorum and and Edwards running the ball. Here's the thing, though. When I looked at last week's game, I think if I have to talk about like level of play, Ohio State's defense plays at the same level as Iowa's defense. Okay, that's how I'm just talking about in terms of like tempo, strength, all that, speed. Iowa can keep this a close game if they're pushing, they're stuffing the box, daring them to throw the ball. But with that said, they have, you know, Michigan does have better talent on the offensive side of the football. And that's, at the end of the day, like, it could really break them to where one pass, you know, you're talking about two passes that are go for, you know, huge chunks of yards 
one touchdown and it could be a 14 to seven game. It could be a, a 21 to 13 type of style win for Michigan. It could get ugly. I'm not saying because, you know, the odds makers are giving Michigan the 22 points to beat them. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just, they, they feel it's going to be a stomping. Okay. But for me, it's like, Hey, if Kurt really lines things, I'm sure they are working day and night to put a plan in place. This is the lat potentially the last game. Well, it's going to be the last game for Brian Ferenc. Why not just let his nuts hang, dude? Why not just let his nuts hang? You know, you'd think, like, but you like, think that would have happened at, at some point after he was fired well, and this, it never did. This is this is, this the is it. Just, this like is this it, is dude, where you empty the bag. You could really fuck up the college football playoff scene. You could fuck up Jim Harbaugh's season after dude, all the turmoil. This is why the Cooper up. injury is so important because it sure sounds like they were going to empty the bag in this game once they kind of oh, knew. That's when they started practicing Cooper DeGene in offense, and that's when he broke his leg. Yeah. Like, it sounds like, from, from what I have heard, you know, just rumors and stuff on Discord and in various subreddits, it sure sounded like they were building packages for him on offense, and that's when he broke his leg. Because imagine Cooper DeGene, game starts out, he's in, the, he's in the wide receiver, but all of a sudden we motion, and he's a quarterback. Oh, fuck. Like, Michigan wouldn't have any idea what the fuck to do. Like, we've never done that, right? Or and instead of just a traditional wildcat, no, he's just playing quarterback. Yeah. You know, like that'd be awesome. <laughs> like we've we have never would have expected it. Neither would Michigan, and that would completely change the game. Obviously, that would mean he's not playing as many snaps on defense, which opens things up there. But sure. there was one avenue Iowa could really change that game by just completely going like zagging instead of zigging, right? Like just doing something totally different. They don't have sure. that option because Cooper's not playing. But I think you go with that quick pass game. You know, you to kind of, especially if you can't generate a rush. I think if Caleb Brown can stay healthy for the whole game, this time they actually do have a horse there. That guy was a four-star athlete. He went to Ohio State for a reason. Like, and, he, and in the games he's been healthy in the back half of the season, he's looked pretty damn good. The yeah. Illinois game, he was seven catches for 70-some yards. And up until he went out on the Nebraska game, he was why we were moving the ball in the passing game. Because he demands attention, which opens up other stuff for Nico Ragini, opens up the tight end windows by him gra- grabbing attention. I don't think it's super likely because it would rely on Hill being incredibly accurate and not having any turnovers or overly negative plays. You know, like he can't take deep, can't take deep sacks, things like that. Sure. But to go back to the Penn State game, which is probably the biggest reason they're going with this big point differential in the odds. Sure. Iowa had a fumble in plus territory where they were going to at least get three probably, or at least a chance at three. And instead it turns into a touchdown for Penn State because of the turnover. They had a gunner get hit in the back on a punt. So then Penn State gets the ball in plus territory and they score a touchdown. Iowa was on the field for 97 snaps on defense, which is nuts. Only gave up four yards of play. That's fantastic. Like that, it's a miracle. It was only thirty-one nothing. If Iowa doesn't commit those turnovers, still a loss, but would have been a tighter game. Defense would have been a little fresher in the second half if they could sustain a couple of those drives. And that was when Cade was still hurt. We were still running Cade McNamara, and he was hurt. We couldn't run QB sneaks. So third and one. Good luck, running back. Hope you can make it. So now quarterback sneaks are in, which sounds, you know, oh, that matters. It does for Iowa. Third and ones, it matters. 
especially if you get into a fourth and one situation in black plus territory to sustain a drive absolutely matters rollouts and play action were gone in that game literally could not call them because the quarterback couldn't put his leg down with pressure to right. run like you saw it on that broken boot in the first half yeah. like the guy just couldn't put his leg down without pain so with a healthy qb and hill has i will say this about brian deacon hill has actually progressed during the season i still think it's inexcusable he was not ready to play it sure sounds like kirk alluded to yeah dude wasn't in shape right He's like you knew Cade was not healthy yep and the backup wasn't ready to go he had knee surgery in the off season he hurt he had a leg injury in in training in camp like how was deacon hill not preparing yeah. to get snaps like is that a I training just, staff? I, is it the quarterback's yeah. coach? Is it Hill's fault? Is it all threes? Yeah. Like, because right. Hill has looked better these last three weeks. He's actually been a little more mobile. He's taken right. off for a couple of runs that he wasn't doing when he first started taking snaps this season. He's, it just, it feels like he's gotten more comfortable. And you got to remember, he didn't take live game snaps for, I want to say it was two seasons. He was recruited during the COVID year. So like, he didn't play football for a while. Even in practice, going from practice to games, takes a little bit for a lot of quarterbacks, especially in college. These guys aren't NFL guys who are doing, you know, first-team reps, you know, alternating with the starter just in case, you know, like, they're the backup. But it's still it inexcusable was, they weren't. He wasn't was, ready to it go. Was, it was great for them to face Nebraska, who has a really good defense. Yeah, like their defense he, is he, solid. He could have he could he could look at adversity and learn from what he was doing right and wrong in that game. Here's the thing about this. Like I know everyone's saying it's hard because Iowa has no offense. All they really have to do is Kurt puts in a game plan to create third and short. That's really it. Like get you to third and four. And then take and then see where they chips fall where they may. Yeah, and that's really it. The defense bends but not breaks. They we know that they can create turnovers. Hell, this would be this would be a prime game to for the defense to create points off turnovers. Like a pick haven't six. Haven't done it in a bit. Well, they haven't done it. The pick six, a fumble recovery for its a thick six, uh, you know, yeah, fumble recovery. That'd be dope. Like, something like that. This is this is prime for a game to where it's like 14 to nothing, and then all of a sudden Iowa pick six and it's 14 7. It's like, oh shit. They move the ball a little bit enough, kick a field goal. It's fourteen ten going into halftime. Like this is this is this could be one of those games. Or like I said, it is Michigan. It's Harbaugh's game back. It could be thirty one to three yeah. at halftime. Like it could be. I won't be shocked if that is the case. But with this said, it's like there's just so many levels of like. Okay, I'm not going to be surprised if Iowa comes out there and puts something on the field, not offensively, but I mean just as a team to go out there and really like work their asses off to try to keep this game close. I want to also it, point out in 2021, we did call a couple of trick plays earlier that just didn't hit. Yeah. You know, that would have kept the game. Cause it was only, I believe 10, nothing at halftime. Yeah. So like, and then the wheels fall off cause your defense is on the field. For but you know, much. it's just, it's just, it's chip away to get you to third and short, third and four, third and three. Like that's really, it's not going to be, let's carve up, let's throw 20, 20 yard routes. It's really not going to be that. It's like, let's get separation. Let's get a run for two yards. Let's get a run for three yards. Let's get a pass for three or four yards. Like let's create manageable, manageable situations to where if we do have to pump the ball, it's because it's short. It's not, we're going backwards. It's not like Hill's taking a sack and it's 
third, you know, fourth and 15. We don't want that. Yeah. We want to put them in a position to where if we can chip away, chip away, chip away, maybe we can get a 15 yard pass here or there and get and throw three points on the, on the board. That way if our defense can just hold out that we can, we can make this a manageable game. And so yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not going to be shocked if it goes either way of the spectrum. Like it's, it's a close game because I was getting it out or, Michigan does roll. I won't be shocked either way, but I want an entertaining game. Of course, me, I want to. I want the chaos of Michigan to lose. But like, just logistically, like logically speaking, it's gonna. It could be. It's probably yeah. more the most likely, likely is it's gonna be ugly. Like, very ugly. clear. Yeah, I'm a homer, but I'm very, very obvious. I mean, my my over. I picked. I'm going with a 45 point uh, over like total, um, sure. and I think I think most likely scenario is Michigan actually covers. Like they're gonna beat that spread. Okay, like, that's most likely because I just if it all breaks the way it has for Iowa this season, we're gonna be very lucky to score those three points. Yeah, I'm going to play it a little a little different. I'm gonna say the 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 the, the, the over the over under. I have the combined points at 35. Yeah, yeah, like it's. I think it's gonna be a little close. I think it'll be a little closer than than, than what you're saying. Yeah, and for me, I just really want Michigan to lose because. Them acting like they should be America's team just fucking pissed me off. Ah, that is dumb. That was horseshit. The way they celebrated. And the hypocriticalness of saying Sharon Moore should get the Broyles Award because, oh, he battled through this adversity, but Kirk shouldn't be coach of the year because he created his own adversity. Is like, well, what the fuck did Michigan do but create their own adversity because they cheated? Yeah. Bill Parker should win the Broyles Award, and it should not be a conversation. The fact that that yeah. dude's never won one is insane. That is crazy. He's he's cre- he's had some amazing defenses over the years. Yeah, like the fact Should that last been. year's didn't. Last year's was other oh, fucking worldly good. And so I think I, th- I think for us here, man, the, the the deciding game is Oregon Washington. Like this is it. That's it, we're man. Gonna, we're gonna, one of us is going to win next week. Yeah, but here's the yeah. other part to talk about: the chaos scenarios. What uh, happens if Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State all lose? No undefeateds right. in in the contention. You said Georgia loses. Who else? Florida Georgia, State. Florida State, and Michigan all lose. The only undefeated left in the country. Oh, and Washington, I should say. Washington. Because so, I picked Oregon, so. Okay, so you're saying all the undefeateds lose. If all the undefeateds lose. The only one left standing undefeated is Liberty, but they ain't getting in. So, okay, who they gets all in? Lose. Oregon gets in. Yep. Alabama gets in. Mm-hmm. Texas gets in. And then... A team, a one loss, didn't win their conference team, gets the fourth spot. That'll be Ohio State, right? That'll be Ohio State then, man. It's like you can't give it to Washington just because, yeah, no. Unless it's a, like, one-point game. Then you could do Oregon 1, Washington 4. Not for a rematch, but you, you put them 2-3 or 2-4. You know, you, you put them on opposite sides. That's yeah. what I'm trying to yeah. say. You know, if Oregon wins, they're probably going to be the, the three. I think yeah, be as, the three. as things currently lay with expectations. So if they all win, and are you saying if they all win, Texas wins? I mean, if they all lose, Texas wins. Texas, that's a scenario where Texas could get the two seed, man. Yeah, wouldn't shock that me. Could, they could get the two if if they yeah. go out there and they. In stomp that scenario, Oklahoma I'd go State. Oregon one, Texas two, and then depending on the closeness, Alabama, Alabama, and then Ohio State. Yeah. Wow. Equally, a really good playoff field too. Like, those would be great funny, games. What's funny is is that. Like outside of the Michigan Iowa game, that could really well. I, I Texas is 
I just feel like we all feel that, hey, Texas is going to win that game. But outside of Michigan, Iowa, like the other games, the way you're talking about, that could potentially happen, man. Yeah, like they're close. Happen. Like they're not yeah. expected to be blowouts or definitive yeah. winners, losers going into it. So there is some real potential for actual upsets. If the trend line for the seasons hold, there probably won't be many. Yeah. But there's potential. And that's what that's all you want in a college football Saturday is that potential for chaos. It should be a really fun weekend. And it's been a really fun yeah. season. Good. Could you imagine if that happens, if Iowa were to upset Michigan? Dude, I would Ohio never let State. anybody ever live it down, that Iowa, and, without an offense, won the Big Ten. But not only that, but then they won the Big Ten and Ohio State gets in the playoffs. Oh, dude. Oh. Oh. Are you kidding me? Oh, man. Are you? Oh, it'd be amazing. Yeah, but if Georgia loses, it's like Texas has got more, I would say, 70-30 chance getting in because – the, they're going to want Alabama in for beating Georgia. Exactly. You know, like, and Texas is going to be like, no, we can't. No, 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 no. no. If you and they this, also have the Texas national brand. Get them in. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it's cool. Here's the thing we forgot about. The college football playoff, the the, the championship game is in Houston. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you can't, you can't, you can't risk not having a Texas team in there. Exactly. You really can't. This yeah. is this is how you print money, man. And the NCAA loves to print money. But oh man, this is gonna be a great weekend, man. Such gonna be such a great weekend. Mm-hmm. So excited for it. Yeah. Al, anything on tap food wise for you? What are you, you you're just gonna be chilling all day? Gonna be okay. scrounging? Are you gonna be like, hey, it's the last big week of the season. Let's go to town. Uh, I'm gonna keep it non-heavy barbecue. I'm going to have. Uh, I go to a local joint, Loopy Tortilla, and I love their queso. I'm making queso nachos. My my you famous know, queso nachos, dude. I'm going to make meaty nachos. Okay. So we're both going nachos. At least that's the plan. Yeah. Is I'm going to make some meaty nachos. going to buy my queso tomorrow. Uh, there's a place near me that they make their own queso and sell it for, to the local yeah. grocery store. So I'm, like, I'm going to buy that and get some, do some uh, taco meat. Okay. Oh. So I'm going to do mine a little heavy because this is how I roll. It is... Chris, it is Christmas season. I'm gonna make tamale queso nachos, dude. Reminds, oh, that reminds me. I was so it, since the holiday season on Twitch, I do the uh, you know my holiday commercial loop, and the first one is the nachos navidad from oh, Taco Taco John's. Yes, <laughs> it's it's really just uh, festive themed nachos with their regular toppings, but it's still like my favorite. Like for those like restaurants that do Christmas name stuff, nachos yeah. navidad sounds fucking awesome. So in the morning at nine o'clock, I'm going to the farmer's market. There is a lady that makes these amazing, like this little Mexican lady makes these amazing organic tamales. Uh, so I'm going to make get pork tamales, dice them up, throw them on these fucking nachos and have a case of beer. Like Saturday is going to be incredible for me, man. Like tomorrow night, gonna Friday night, going to watch that game, you know, going to be, you know, rooting for Washington to win. But Saturday is my game, man. The week, my Saturday is my day. That that's the slate of games I'm all about. Like, this exactly, is gonna be it's gonna be great, great day. Beer, Just nachos, one into the let's... next. Let's go. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, for me Friday is pizza. I'm on since I'm I'm closing at the bank Friday, so get pizza, and then Saturday, um, make the nachos. Uh, probably halftime of Texas Oklahoma State, and then just just absolutely devour those throughout the day. <sighs> gonna be awesome i can't all wait. right man this this is this is what we live for man this is it college football indeed everything on the line everything on the line man this is it yep so quick programming note as well um we'll be reacting to the college football playoff potentially live on youtube i don't know 
I haven't tested that out with this channel to see how it will work. Uh, otherwise, it'll be recorded. That'll be uploaded. That'll be Sunday evening. We'll have that up, either live or the recorded version. That'll be short. Won't be the full hour-long kind of thing we've been doing. And then we'll have um, some bowl game reactions as, you know, like, depending on like where my, the Hawkeyes end up, I'll end up doing maybe even if it's just a one-man thing, I'll end up doing that. Texas, same thing. If they don't make the playoff, we'll do a bowl reaction for them uh, since they're both our teams. And then we'll also do playoff reactions for, you know, the first week of games and then for the championship game as well. So we'll have some stuff for the And then we'll maybe do emergency pod and things in the offseason for like coaching carousels. If, if a, like a massive recruiting scandal or something breaks out, you're like another cheating scandal breaks out or Harbaugh gets show caused. Like if when sh crazy shit happens, big news stuff, we'll have emergency pods on that. So stay tuned. We'll see you Sunday. Don't forget to like, drop that like, hit the subscribe, rate the show, leave a five star, help us out, you know, hit, help us grow that the channel and the sub count. It's always pretty cool to see. And we'll see you Sunday. Have a good champ week. Enjoy the football.